This is the Real People, Real God podcast. From our studio in Martinsburg, West Virginia, we welcome you to join us on a journey of discovering God. Pastor Chris, Pastor Darla, and Pastor Tim discuss the believer's role in God's master plan. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to part five of Colossians. This is Pastor Tim Howard. I'm flying solo for a little while until we get past this uh, coronavirus and uh, the pastors and myself and can get together and and uh, uh, do discussion and study uh, together. So, But we're having a good time with this Colossians and uh, I'm really enjoying this and I'm so glad you're here uh, to spend this time with me. Um, we're in Colossians chapter 1. Uh, this is part 5 of the series and we're going to be starting in verse 24 and uh, I'll read 24 through um probably 29 and then we'll come back and we'll pick it apart a little bit and we'll talk about it and see what the Holy Spirit has to show us. Let's pray first. Oh God, we just thank you so much, Lord, for this opportunity to uh, to just lay your word open before us here. Um, God, as we, as we get into this, I just ask that your spirit, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just uh, quicken our hearts and our minds and uh, unlock understanding so we can uh, really see what this is about, Lord. And and you can give us those uh, uh, those nuggets of wisdom and knowledge, Lord, about you. So, Lord, our hearts and our minds are yours right now. Um, and God, I just pray that you just continue to show us, to show us your way in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, verse 24. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. And fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may be present, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Amen. All right. So let's uh, let's dig into this. So so Paul's saying, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. So he, he's not not comparing himself to Christ in, in the afflictions because Paul certainly did go through a lot of afflictions um, uh, throughout uh, the, the epistles that he wrote. And uh, so uh, from uh, being shipwrecked to um, being bitten by a viper and being beat and being stoned and being on trial and the list goes on and on being in prison and jail and and all kinds of things so he did go through a lot of suffering um but he he what he's saying is is you know Christ's sufferings are in the past but he's suffering and so he's glad and happy to be suffering um, because Jesus suffered, and now he has that common denominator with him. Not that he's equal with him, but he, that he's suffering for the sake of the gospel. Jesus suffered for the sake of the gospel, and now Paul is suffering for the sake of the gospel. So um, he, he, he just counts that as a good thing. 
you know, and if you put yourself in that situation, you know, could you do the same thing? Um, uh, could you really um, just have this uh, joy and this peace because you're suffering like your Savior did? Um, I mean, I'd like to think I would, uh, but until I'm in that situation, I don't know if I really could or not. Um, but this is what Paul is saying. Uh, and he came a, he became a minister uh, according to the stewardship from God that was given to him um, to fulfill the word of God. And this, verse 26, um, I'm going to get my highlighter right now because this Bible I'm using is, is not too old and I have yet to, to um, highlight this portion. But this verse 26, I love this part. The mystery, isn't that kind of mysterious? The mystery, which has been hidden from ages and from generations but now has been revealed to his saints now i remember as a young christian um getting into the word of god trying to learn and uh, back in those days we didn't have the internet and so a lot of it i read through commentaries and just prayed and tried to understand and listen to teachers and so on just just to try to get an understanding of this but um but this mystery that was always so intriguing to me, this mystery of the kingdom of God. And so what he says is um, um, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. Well, if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you are one of those saints. And so there, this mystery, <laughs> this mystery that had been hidden for ages and ages and ages, that you know people didn't know but God was in God was behind the scenes putting pieces together of this orchestration and of salvation you know and all these pieces from Adam and from Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and and the list goes on and on and all this all these people Moses all these people that were involved God was putting this this thing together um and so the mystery not everybody knew that mystery the prophets spoke of it. Uh, they spoke God's word, but people didn't always believe. And so a lot of people prayed and would have loved to have seen the answer to the mystery. But you and I as believers, because we have this word, we know what the mystery is. Verse 27, to them, God willed to make known to them. He's talking about to the saints. God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles? And so um, Gentiles are, for in, in, in the event that you don't know, Gentiles are non-Jews, anybody that's not a Jew. Um, and so everybody thought, you know, um, the Jewish people, Israel, were, were God's chosen people, and they are. Um, but when Jesus came, he included the Gentiles in which he uh, you know, after his ascension and all that, he um, uh, convinced Paul to be a minister to the Gentiles, to the to the people that weren't Jews, um, and so that and tell to tell them they were welcome into the kingdom too through Jesus Christ, um, and so that was his calling, and that's what uh, what he was talking about. So um, now he's talking about this mystery that's been revealed to the saints. He says to them, God willed to make known. What are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles? Which is, okay, here's the answer to the mystery. Here's the answer to the mystery. 
that uh, all of mankind has always wanted to know. Um, uh, it was being, it was, uh, the, the orchestration was playing all around him to come to this very point. And the answer is this, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery. That's the mystery. Jesus in us. And that, remember that reconciliation we were talking about in part four, you know, Jesus makes it possible so we can have this relationship with God once again. And so Christ in us is God in us. This Our creator, the God of the universe, can dwell in us. And that's what the, that's what the mystery is all about. Um, Christ in you. Look, there's no greater thing that can happen to you on this earth. No greater thing than having Jesus live within you through the Holy Spirit. This is the greatest thing that can ever happen to you. And that's what this is about. That's the mystery. Our hope, the hope of glory. It goes on in verse 28. It says, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. So there is a warning. There's a warning that comes with the gospel message. Now, you got to remember that Jesus, when Jesus came on the scene preaching, he, he, uh, he preached a message. Uh, his message was very simple. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist, when he went out preaching, same thing, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so what that means is it means, look, God, God's kingdom's real near. Matter of fact, it was so near. It was, it was Jesus. He, he, he was right there. The, the, the kingdom of heaven is near. So you need to repent. See, repentance is a part of salvation. A lot of times it's left out for some reason, but it's, it's very much a part um, so when we come to know Jesus, um, he, you know, the, the, the first thing that we have to do is we have to repent. In other words, we have to, to uh, stop living in sin. We have to, to change our goal, to change our outlook on life and, and to say, I want to live for Jesus. And which if you want to live for Jesus, then the first thing you got to learn is to hate sin. Um, sin is very attractive. Sin is something that this body wants more and more and more of. Um, lust of the flesh and so on but uh, as believers we have to love righteousness and hate sin and uh, so if if we are living in sin especially intentionally um, you know then that's going against God's word that's going against what he has called us to do and that's going against um, why Jesus died for us so he tells us some you know, just like the woman called in adultery uh, in the Gospels, the, the message is that the the, uh, the men brought her out to stone her and kill her because she was caught, caught red-handed uh, in adultery. And that was the law. They were legally allowed to do that. Um, but Jesus, you know, he, he says, you without, the, without any sin, why don't you throw the first stone? Well, none of them were out without sin, so nobody threw a stone. And Jesus asked the woman, he says, um, who condemns you? And she says, no one. And he says, neither do I condemn you. But here's the most important part. He says, go and sin no more. So there's forgiveness if we if we don't continue to live in that sin. We don't continue to sin. And that's what he was telling her. Look, don't do it anymore. And you're forgiven. You know, and so that's important for us to understand um, is that, you know, we, we have to live a repentant life. We um, we're going to mess up, sure, but that doesn't mean that we go and, 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 and do it um, all the time. It means we, um, 
we recognize that we sin and uh, we realize that it hurts God and then we stop sinning, um, you know, we repent, we change our mind, we change our heart and say, I'm not going to do that sin anymore. I'm going to change my life, you know, and so that's that's on us to do. Nobody will do that for us. God won't do that for us. Jesus won't do that for us. That is something that we have to do on our own is to not sin and to live repentant lives. Um, we're not perfect, but we do need to live repentant lives. And when we do mess up, we can come back to God and, and he'll forgive us um, as long as our hearts are repentant. And that's something that's very important that we have to do. So that's the warning. That's the warning it's talking about in verse 28. Warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. So we need to know what is right and what is wrong. Well, there's where the word of God comes in once again. We need to read the scriptures to know what is good, what is bad, what is sin, what is not. And the word tells us, and then the Holy Spirit certainly works to convict us when we do uh, when we do something wrong and we do sin. Um, so uh, that's what Paul is saying. Him we preach, we preach Jesus. We warn every man, every man, we let them know that what happens if, if uh, they don't repent, what happens if they don't believe in Jesus, um, then, you know, there, there's not going to be eternity in heaven for them. Um, so that's what he's meaning and warning, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. We talked about this in the, in the uh, previous, in part four, to present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And he says, to this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Paul has a heart for Jesus, but he also has a heart for every man. And this is really important for every believer to hear and to understand. As believers, we should have a heart for God, certainly. But we should also have a heart for every man, woman, and child that they can know Jesus just like we do. And and this is really important because this is why we're still here on earth. It's because there's work to be done. There's people that still need to come into the kingdom. And that's what this is all about. And so um, Paul says, to this end, I also labor, striving. I mean, when, when he was going through all of his trials and, and difficult times and in prison and being stoned and just everything. He was doing that so other men and women, other people could be saved. This is why he did it. So his heart, his heart was not only for God, but his heart was also for, for people. Let me ask you this question. Maybe you've never thought of this, but what do you think is closest to God's heart what do you what do you think God loves more than anything and God wants more than anything I'm going to say it's his people I'm going to say the closest thing to God's heart is people I mean think about it he created us to be with him for eternity he's done all this all this work over thousands of years to to make it possible for us for people to be with him forever in eternity and so I think it's safe to say that people are the closest thing to God's heart. And so for believers, that should be the same for us. It should be, you know, God should be the number one thing, number one person in our lives. But to see people come to the Jesus, 
that should be that should be right up there. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love one another. All the law and the prophets are fulfilled in those two statements. So therefore, as believers, that's what we should want. Paul labored. Paul strived. So did the other disciples. So people would know Jesus and would receive that salvation. And so therefore, we should as well. We should as well. Teach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So if we have a, a, a brother or a sister in the Lord or, or anybody for that matter, and uh, if, if you have to use your imagination a little bit, but, it, but if we were to take them before God and say, God, what do you think? Do they meet, do they meet the standard? Well, if you think about that for a moment, and as you're presenting somebody to to the Lord God Almighty, wouldn't you want to present the best thing you had to him? And that's the way Paul's thinking, and that's the way he's talking here, is presenting people blameless, presenting them holy, presenting them perfect in Christ Jesus. So he knows that he can't take somebody off the street and say, here, God, this is the best I have. He knows he can't do that because he knows what's in man. You know what's in man. I know what's in man. You know the thoughts of man. I know the thoughts of man. I know how evil man can be, and so do you. And so we can't present anybody to God like that. That's there. There's no, no good in anyone. But if we can tell them about Jesus if they can believe in Jesus, if they can have faith in Christ, then they become perfect in Him because their sins are paid for. And and their righteousness comes through Jesus, not of their own. Now we can take them by the hand, take them to the throne room, and present them right before the throne where God Almighty is sitting, and say, Here, God, here, I present this person to you. And when He looks upon them, He'll see Jesus, the blood of Jesus covering all their sins, and he'll welcome them with open arms. Paul knows they can't be presented in their sin. Of, of, of all people, Paul knows that. Paul was a, uh, a Pharisee, so to speak. He, he was well-versed in the, old, uh, the, the Jewish law, and, and um, he at first um, didn't like Christians or people, followers of Jesus, and he persecuted them. He threw them in jail, and he watched them, um, many of them die, and, and, and he's such a wretched man, he says. He was a chief of sinners, he even says, until Jesus got a hold of him on the road to Emmaus, and his life changed forever. Then he became a minister of the gospel, a minister telling people about Jesus, and and now, as we read, striving and laboring and going through so many trials and tribulations, just so people will hear the gospel message and, and in hopes that they would believe in Christ Jesus and then Paul can present them to God, holy, blameless, perfect in Christ Jesus. And that's how he, that's how we should all, that's the mindset we should all have when it comes to, um, you know, telling people about Jesus. You know, 
some of us have grown up in Sunday school classes and in, in a different generation when it was all about just saying the sinner's prayer, Lord, forgive me for my sins and, and that kind of thing. And and uh, it was all about the sentence, all about repeating after me. Man, if we could just do that, we'd get somebody saved. Well, just because somebody repeats after you doesn't mean they're saved. Salvation is a heart thing. Uh, we give them words, a guideline, um, if they mean it with their heart. Um, and that's what this is about. This is a heart thing with God. This just isn't an outward act. It's an inward change that happens first. Um, and then uh, later on, it, because it comes to our actions and all this. So it's really important that people understand that this relationship, is it's a, it's a deep thing. It's an internal thing where we, uh, internal, where we give our hearts to Jesus and we welcome him into our lives. And we say, hey, take me wherever it is that you want me to go. Show me the way, you know, show me my sins, you know, teach me. Teach me how to live for you. Teach me to live according to um, the purpose that you've created me for. Um, I'm all yours. And and that's that surrender that we have to take. That's that surrender that we need to go through. Um, and and when we do that, you know, um, we're presented. We're presented to God uh, blameless and perfect in Christ Jesus. And that should be what we want for everyone else, even our enemies even those that we may not like, even those that may not like us. Love your enemies, he says. So it's important for us to really learn to love other people, even though we don't agree with their lifestyle, even though we don't agree with their actions, but to love them because he still loves them. If you put um, the, the, the most dedicated believer you know beside the most sinful person that could be and you put them side by side and you ask God which one do you love the most who do you think he'd say he'd say he loves them both he loves them both so God's love for for the believer is no different than his love for the non-believer it's just the non-believer hasn't surrendered and submitted and that's where we come in as the church to we can't make anybody do anything but we can live our lives uh, in a way that people see the difference, they see the joy, they see the gladness of heart, and and they realize, hey, there's something different about that person. And maybe we can present them to God blameless and perfect in Him. That would be our heart. That would be what we would want to do. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man um, in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working which works in me mightily. That last part, we got a couple minutes and we'll just hit that last part. To his working which works in me mightily. This means um, God's power, God's operative power. Um, Paul knows that he can't do this alone. Um, he knows that he needs the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit brings that empowerment to him. Um, he uh, uh, he's he's doing his best in his flesh. He's he's striving. He's laboring, but the working of God is there with him and in him, um, and giving him the ability um, to heal people, to uh, to use the gifts of the Spirit, to do all these things, um, to to bring people into the kingdom, to present them 
uh, to God blameless. And that is for you as well. That is for you as well. You can have that same thing. It's the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit. And you just ask him, Holy Spirit, I need your help. Please fill me. Please touch me. Um, you know, I can't do this walk alone. Um, empower me. You know, work in me and through me. You know, and if you seek him and ask him, he will. He'll be there and he'll help you. Um, and uh, you, none of us can do this alone. Um, we need the Lord's help. We need him working in us. There's a lot of people that God wants us to present blameless, that he wants us to present perfect in Christ Jesus. Maybe you've not met him yet. Maybe they're a year down the road or so. But now's the time to be learning and, and, and uh, praying and just being built up in the Lord so that when you do encounter those people, that you can tell them about Jesus, that you can live your life in a way that they see Jesus, that and, and that just calls them to want to be uh, like him as well. Um, and then you can present that person to God, blameless through Christ Jesus. So we'll stop there. Uh, I, I certainly appreciate you joining me in this Bible study, Colossians. Uh, we'll start on chapter 2 uh, in part 6, and uh, it, it's it's a... You know, great time. We're having a blast with this. Um, also, if you'd like to comment, you can email us at um, info at valleyviewchapel.net and uh, let us know what you think. Give us comments. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast so you'll get notifications um, when uh, a new episode comes out. And uh, um, that's available to you. It's uh, The podcast is on most of our uh, pod, podcasts. Um, uh, sites and uh, so feel free to subscribe to that tell other people about it and let us know what you think and how it's going we certainly have a good time doing this and uh, hopefully soon we'll be back with all three of us pastors talking and discussing and and maybe even inviting a few more people to join us so thank you for listening and uh, hope to see you in part six Until next time, thank you for listening to the Real People, Real God podcast. Your hosts were Pastor Chris Shepherdson, Pastor Darla Lee, and Pastor Tim Howard. Intro music was Wishful Thinking by Dan Lebowitz. Outro music was On the Windy Road by Dan Lebowitz. This podcast was produced in Martinsburg, West Virginia by Tim Howard. Thank you for joining us.